You're listening to Just Hit Play with your hosts, Peter and Nick Cabral. If you're tired of your stagnant, streamed music feed, then strap yourselves in for an intergenerational sonic journey through Peter and Nick's favourite songs. Welcome to episode 25 of Just Hit Play. I'm your host, Peter. With me is my co-host, Nick. Nick, how the hell are you? You know, I'm, I'm doing really fantastic right now. Um, as, as some of the listeners might know, I'm a big sports fan, and um, all, all my teams seem to be doing well at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, can't, can't be happier. Cool. How's school going? Uh, the usual. <laughs> it's going. It exists. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm doing okay, but uh, I, I could use a break. You know, winter break in between semesters can't really come soon enough. Now, I think I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you again because I forget things quite easily. Are you actually going to campus or is this all online learning? Uh, Right now, I'm all online learning. I don't have any classes in person, but we're expecting that to change with the next semester. I I should be pretty much back to normal in terms of classes being on campus. Now, does that change your college university experience? Do you wish it was on campus or are you cool? From a strictly academic standpoint, I, I feel like I'm doing well online. It's a lot easier to manage my time because everything's sort of available on demand. They give us the lectures, the resources ahead of time, and we sort of are just responsible for learning them at our own pace. And I like that. But from a more social uh, standpoint, I, I definitely miss being on campus. It's just nice being able to see your classmates see your friends and and whatnot. So yeah, I definitely do miss that. Does your course stipify that you have to do group work or is that not really what you, the kind of stuff that you do? I I do a fair amount of group work, a lot of presentations. I just had one last week where I was in a group and we were given uh, an academic article, like a research study, and we had to basically present it uh, in the form of a poster. So yeah, we got, we got a little bit of that. Okay, so is that easier or harder uh, doing remote learning with group work? More convenient, but it can also pose some challenges. Like uh, for the actual presentation, we had to do it over Zoom, which introduces a whole slew of technical difficulties. If someone's Mm. mic isn't working properly or you can't get the share screen function to work, uh, there's a lot of room for errors like that to happen, which can be frustrating. Well, if if you think about it, your university experience is unlike any other student in the in human history. So you are a guinea pig, my friend. I I absolutely am. Yeah, it's it's kind of unprecedented uh, where we are right now in in terms of just how you deliver school to people remotely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard about uh like how they're invigilating exams and stuff, but that's quite controversial and uh we're definitely the guinea pigs for that like yeah uh you have to have your webcam on your microphone on and they essentially just watch you uh you know in your bedroom or whatever the entire time you're writing your exam wow do you have do you have to share your screen so they can make sure you're not going to any websites or anything like that well it's a special program you download that essentially locks all the functions of your computer so it full screens it you can't leave the program and yeah, that's it. You just have the the exam on your screen. What an interesting world. Cool. Yeah, crazy. That's pretty neat. Uh, in our Brisbane studios as well is our sound engineer, the lovely Darren. Darren, how are you? I am good. And I've done exams like that in the past, and they're horrible. They are horrible, Darren. They really are. <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll, I'll be sitting there, and I'll reach to take a sip of water, 
and I'll be like, oh, God, did I make too much noise? Are they going to flag me for, for cheating or something like that? It's quite stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink water. Be be hydrated before you go, I guess. I suppose so. I suppose <laughs> so. Let's get into some music. I'm really excited about this week's stuff. So uh, Spooktober is out of the way. We're done with Spooktober. So now we're getting into our normal uh, programming. Yes, yes, we are. And you have a fantastic dreamy pop song for us to listen to. Tell us about it. I sure do. So the song for this week that I've chosen is Space Song. It's by Beach House. They're a Baltimore duo. They specialize in, like you said, it's a psychedelic dream pop sound. They, They really... Uh, excel in that and this song is from their 2015 album depression cherry it's my personal favorite project by them and really it's just fantastic so uh, darren why don't you just hit play give us a snippet of space song What did you think of Space Song? So it's, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, I had to listen to it in the dark in my room and with headphones on. This is definitely a headphone song. Oh, easily. And just sort of closed my eyes. It was like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep. And then I just sort of listened to the song a few times and I drifted off to sleep. It was perfect. Yeah, it's it's a really, really great song for what you described. You need to be in the right mindset to, to really fully appreciate it for being such a simple arrangement of a song it's there's just so much there that you can really connect with i watched a few videos online um i like to see what people's interpretations of songs are because a lot of people will take a song like this one and put visuals to it making their own music video and the one that i thought was really good uh sort of cut in scenes from the movie interstellar oh yes yes to the song and i thought that was just absolutely perfect because interstellar is such a beautifully filmed movie anyway so i I found that really cool there's another really good one out there but it's scenes from 2001 a space odyssey i saw my favorite i saw the thumbnail for that i haven't seen that one yet i've I've watched a couple other ones but uh yeah i i went to the interstellar one that one the 2001 a space odyssey video is incredible i was actually going to bring that up later in the episode oh cool that that is such a crazy video and it actually it has more views on youtube than any like the official video that the band put out for this song right yeah it's it's extremely popular that's a that's a really niche market isn't it if you want to make a little bit of money uh create visuals to interesting songs and hopefully you don't lose the copyright of it (laughs) yeah well it's it's something that's really become popular with the advent of youtube People can sort of, like you said, interpret a song in in so many ways and put visuals behind it and really create their own sort of music video. It's it's really cool. It's something I like a lot. So I'm curious, how did you come across this song? Uh, It's similar to uh, what I've described in the past. I, when I was in high school, wanted to branch out my music taste. I started looking at different subreddits, uh, music reviewers on YouTube, and this is one of those albums where it released and I saw it in the communities I was sort of plugged into I saw that there was a lot of hype around it a lot of people saying good things so I checked it out and loved it and I've, yeah. I've been a fan of this band ever since 
Is this pretty typical of the sound from this band? Yes, I, I would definitely say so. They they really lean into that dream pop, shoegaze vibe. It's album to album, there will be some differences. One album might have a bit more live drumming, a stronger percussion element or something. But overall, this is pretty representative of their sound. Yeah. I would love to see this band live, but in a theater where I could sit down. I don't know if I'd like to stand to see this band live. I think sitting down and letting it sort of wash over me would be a much better experience than standing. Uh, have you seen them live? I have not, sadly. This is one of those... I've seen a lot of concerts, and this is one of the bands that has kind of eluded me over the years. And so they're absolutely on my radar. The next time they tour and come to Toronto, I will be making every attempt to go see them. Uh, a completely different topic, but The Strokes just announced that they're touring Australia next year. No way. But they're not playing Brisbane, so my friend Adam contacted me yesterday, asked me if I wanted to go see them in Melbourne. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a road trip drive to Melbourne, because I've never driven to Melbourne before, and then fly back oh. to to Brisbane. So yeah, they're playing, uh, for whatever reason, they're not doing a Brisbane date. It's a city of a million people, but they're just playing Sydney and Melbourne. So we're going to uh, go down there. That's going to be fantastic, though. We, we saw them a few years ago, and that was a really, really good show. Yeah, Angie still makes fun of that show because it was the start of the summer concert series, and we were freezing. <laughs> We, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you'll at least get nicer weather than we had. We were out on the lawn at the very back, and it was freezing cold. We were right yeah. on the water, and oh, it was, yeah, how, it was so cold. Having an open-air stadium next to Lake Ontario, probably not the best idea. Uh, and yeah, this, especially yeah, no. in the fall or spring, when it, when it can still be cold. Yeah. The wind, wind was howling that day. It sure was, it sure was. But they put on a great show, so I feel like you're really going to enjoy that. I saw the name of the venue. I didn't recognize it. So I think we're indoors, but July in Melbourne is freezing. So we could be, it could be a very similar experience to, cause remember July is winter, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and Melbourne is cold in the wintertime, much, much colder than, than Brisbane. So we could have similar experiences. So I'm, I'm curious to see what that'll be like. Regardless, I'm sure you'll have a great time. That road yeah. trip sounds fun too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, sorry, but that tangent getting back to the band. <laughs> That's okay. Tell me more about the band. Yeah, I don't know what what there is to say other than I just love their music. This sort of music, this psychedelic shoegazy dream pop, it's a genre that I've really come to love and appreciate the older I get. It's it's a really if you look at the arrangement of these songs, how they're put together, aside from the effects and the layering, at at its core it's pretty simple music. And I really like that because it almost gives you a blank canvas, a blank sonic canvas. And you can project whatever experiences or emotions the song makes you feel onto that and really make a song your own. And that, that's something I really appreciate. Is, is that something that kind of resonates with you or you can relate to? Yeah. Speaking of the blankness of it, when I listened to the song, I could not determine whether the lead singer was male or female. I think it, she, I think it might be a female, but it would not surprise me if the lead singer was, was a guy, I, I, I think there's that really, you know, generic quality to it. That that's really uh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lead singer is a female, right? But you're right. Yeah. The vocals are very um, ambiguous and it certainly adds that mysterious streamlike quality to the song. 
Yeah. And all of their music, really. Yeah. It's funny. Um, there was in the 80s, there was a song by the Bungles called Video Killed the Radio Star. The day we live in now, video is not important. Video, like music videos aren't that important. Um, so it's like the MP3 killed the video star. Uh, I have no idea what these people look like. It doesn't matter what they look like anymore. Uh, it's really more representative of what the music is now compared to back in the 80s and the 90s, what singer look like or what the band look right yeah it's that's a really excellent point i couldn't even i can't even think right now of what the members of beach house actually look like yeah i i don't think i know but i love their music and it's it's true we've we've talked about this before but with music videos just really they're they just don't hold anywhere near the same importance that they used to people aren't sitting down and saying okay uh, I'm going to watch an hour of music videos on Much Music or MTV right now. That's really just not a thing that happens. It's the only time I've watched music videos is when I'm hanging out with a group of people in a living room and we want to play music through the TV. So we go on YouTube and we just throw the music video on, right? That's yeah. that's pretty much the only time. Yeah, well, where we would listen or watch MTV or Much Music and Canada's case for hours it would just be on and we would just we would just that's how we got a lot of new music yeah it's so different the music is 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 represented in such a different way where it doesn't it literally doesn't matter what people look like anymore yeah and this uh so this duo when they were talking about how they made this album they sort of said that after touring so this is I think their fourth or album and they'd already had some success and been a fairly popular indie band for about nine years before this album. And they said they were on tour and touring their last album, playing these songs. And they said they just didn't really feel creative. They didn't feel inspired by what they were making or what they were playing. They felt sort of a pressure to go in a more commercial direction with their career. So they rejected all of that and said, nope, we're going back to the basics, strip it all back no more live drums or anything. We're just doing a really simple, spacey album. And uh, yeah. I think that really shows it's it's really, really good. And this whole album, this this whole genre of music really is something that you can't make with commercial performance in mind, in my opinion. I don't see how you can. It's, it's, it's a studio album, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, 100%. But like you said, seeing this band live in a theater and really just being in a space to appreciate the music and what they're creating, that would be fantastic. That really, really would. Now, coming back from the era that I grew up in, seeing rock bands, I've seen a couple of DJs. I've seen Moby and, God, did I see Fatboy Slim? I might have seen Fatboy Slim back in the day. I don't understand why people would go to a live show to see DJs. Like, yeah, people, like, I'm not a dancer, so I don't dance. So maybe that's why I, I don't <laughs> That may go. play a part. But why people would go to an EDM concert where it's just a guy on turntables or at a computer blows my mind. And these are popular shows. Thousands of people go to these things and I don't get it. I think I think there is a there is something to be said though for the art or talent it takes to to really put together a good DJ set live. I, I agree with what you're saying when it's a person who's literally just pressing play on a playlist. Yeah. That I don't understand, right? There's no skill or talent necessary there. But if someone is chopping up samples live and uh, creating transitions between songs live and and doing all that sort of stuff, 
I, I do think that's really cool to experience. And also a large part of that is just dancing and yeah. sort of feeling that energy in a big group of people. That's as a young person, that's, that's something that's very attractive. Yeah. I need a, I need a crunching guitar. Uh, and to your point, I know so little about the EDM scene or that there, that scene that I wouldn't know if he was doing it or if she was cutting music live or if they were pretending to, I just, I don't have that level of sophistication to experience it and go, wow, they're, they're doing it live or like, oh, she's just pressing buttons and it's all pre-recorded. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, Again, that that's just simply a reflection of the different music we've grown up listening to and yeah. been exposed to, right? It's that's so interesting. It yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I really love this song. It was. It, it. It's the kind of song you just have to let wash over you, and and you just close your eyes and you create little, you know, little visuals in your own head. It was pretty cool. It really is. It really, really is. I'm glad you liked it. This is my favorite type of music to start listening to as the weather gets colder here in Canada. The colder the weather gets, the more indie my music that i listen to gets i kind of go less little less hip-hop more indie rock dream pop all that sort of stuff comes back in rotation nice yeah yeah does your does your music uh taste change compared to what you're going through at school not necessarily no i'd say it's it's definitely dictated by seasons and weather but not really with school or anything like that okay it's funny a lot of people use a lot of people that I know when they go to the gym or work out, they'll listen to like heavy metal or like punk music, like something with a really, really fast beat. And I'm the total opposite. When I was a runner, I don't run much anymore. I could not listen to a, a fast song because I would try to run to the beat of that song and I would just get oh, tired. Yeah. <laughs> so I would always have to just pick like a, like a, a song that had like a military beat that was very sort of like mid range that I could just run to the beat of it. Because then I go, I could, I could run all day long, but I couldn't listen to like Slayer or Megadeth and trying to run. I would, I think I would die. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely would. You definitely yeah. would. And if you listen to Space Song by Beach House while you're trying to run, you'd probably slow down to a walk. Yeah, it would, it would be a, it'd be just a stroll, wouldn't it? Yeah, while you're looking yeah. up at the trees and trying to smell flowers and things like that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I love the song. Thank you so much. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, and I am equally excited to talk about your song. By well, the let's let's see. Did Darren, Darren, did you like the song? Yeah, it was good. All right. Thanks, Darren. All right. Let's get on to the Pixies. Now, Pixies have been around for a few years. They're not, they're kind of together and they're kind of not together now. And some members of the band have left, but they still tour every once in a while. This is my favorite Pixie song. It's a song called Debaser, which was off the album Doolittle. And before we get into it any further, Darren, just hit play. Nick, I'm curious. What did you think of Debaser? Oh man, just just hearing that that guitar come in on that snippet. Oh my god, it, it still hits the same every time. Uh, I love this song. I, I really do. If I were ranking the 25 songs you've showed me so far, this is like an easy easy top five for me. Okay. What a song! Now I have a question for you. There, I do have an ulterior motive for playing this song. 
Okay. Okay. Did this song remind you of any other songs that you not that not that we've played, but that you've just know in general? Not so much a song, but the strokes, hundred percent. Like okay. just the, the guitar right away. As soon as I heard the guitar come in, I thought, oh yeah, that's that's that sort of post-punk grunge sound that I love the strokes for. Now the reason I asked that because Smells Like Teen Spirit is a direct ripoff of this song. <laughs> Yeah, I could all I could also see that. Like I said, yeah. definitely a grunge sound through and through. Yeah. So let me tell you what Kurt Cobain said about Smells Like Teen Spirit and said about this song. I was basically trying to rip off the Pixies. I have to admit it. When I heard the Pixies for the first time, I connected with that band so heavily I should have been in that band, or at least in a Pixies cover band. We used their sense of dynamics being soft and quiet and, le- and le- then loud and hard. Smells Like Teen Spirit, one of the greatest rock songs of all time, is really just a baser. Ah, uh, well... They could not have picked a better song to rip off, let me tell you that. I I connected with this song immediately, and I, I mentioned this when we t- talked about Bella Lugosi's Dead, but there's some songs that I really appreciate and recognize the quality of, but don't really make it into my rotation or playlists, just for various reasons. But this one will, oh my god, this is one I'm going to be listening to for a while. Yeah. So the song is based on a surrealist film, released by Louis Bonnell and Salvador Dali called Un Chien Andalou, which trans- translates into an Andalusian dog. It's a very odd, surreal movie where there's a scene in the movie where uh, someone slices an eyeball with a razor. Now, it's not really an eyeball. It's made up. But in the song, Black Francis, the singer of uh, the Pixie, says, slicing up eyeballs, I want you to know. That's a line in the song. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. So basically, the song is what he saw in the film. Okay. Okay. I've never seen that film. Never heard of it either. But yeah. I love Salvador Dali. That's, he's one of my favorite artists ever. So uh, I'm, I might have to check it out whenever I'm in the mood for something a little yeah. different. Yeah. Look up on, on Shen, which is a dog and a loo. Uh, okay. Andalusian Dog. That's the name of the film. Um, Debaser is basically the the makers of the film hate morality and standards of art. They think that art should not have any morality and there should be no standards. That's where they want to be a debaser. So that's okay. that's that's the reference of the song. Very neat. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's this song. It's it's pretty unstructured i'd say like you can definitely tell that they were making in mind no standards let's just go out here with this energy and make a really good three minute song you know it's 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 pretty cool yeah Uh, i saw pixies in 1992 at maple leaf gardens they were opening up for you too i'd never heard of the pixies before so as you can imagine seeing them open up for you too was quite an experience i was like these guys are fantastic so i really dug the show that they that they uh, put on i can imagine yeah i i have going into this week i only knew where is my mind by the pixies obviously because it features pretty prominently in fight club it does very very popular movie that's the only Pixie song I'd ever heard, really. And I just have to ask, do they have more songs that sound like this? Pix- the Pixies are amazing. They're they're an amazing band. Um, their catalog's fantastic. So so yes, they do. Okay, great. That's that's good to know because I I really, really love this song. I After I finished listening to it for, I think, the fourth time in a row uh, on my initial session, I right away I started Googling like songs that sound like Debaser by the Pixies. 
And that's that's when you know that that someone really likes a song when they're trying yeah. to find others that sound like it. So yep. yeah, I've I've definitely got to check out their catalog. Now the Fight Club movie that you mentioned, Where Is My Mind? If memory serves, and no pun intended with uh, Lose My Mind, that's the only song on that movie that wasn't the Dust Brothers. I think that's the only separate song that they played in that entire movie. Okay. Okay. I guess they're saving their money to get the rights for that one or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Dust Brothers did every song on that on that movie except for the Pixies. And which makes sense because not to give away the spoilers, but at the end of the movie, that's a perfect song to to play. Uh, absolutely perfect yeah. song. And that I feel like I could be completely off base here, but I feel like their placement in that movie really gave them a whole new audience or brought them sort of to a mainstream sure. yeah. where even people my age who would are nowhere near the demographic of the pixies know where is my mind just from fight club absolutely now it's funny you say that there's a song that i love that i I would want to play for you but then i realized you probably heard it because it was in a shrek movie so you probably know the song because i'm assuming you've watched shrek as a child (laughs) i have yeah yeah yeah. so uh i can't play it for you because it's in the shrek movie (laughs) which which song out of curiosity oh it's um hallelujah Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I love that song. It's such a it's such a good song. But it's it, it was a featured in a Shrek movie, so I can't. It's it's pretty interesting to me how songs placed in movies they yeah. really that can extend the longevity of yeah. a song or the popularity of a song by so much, like just an incomprehensible amount. It it really just it, it's so special when a band is able to get a placement in a big in a big movie. Yeah, that does so much for their career, their fan base, everything. Yeah. Now, in 1992, when I saw the Pixies, so here's a funny story for you. Things that happened in concerts. This, this didn't happen specifically to me. Uh, your parents had tickets to that concert, but their tickets were terrible. Then your mom entered into a radio contest who had the worst tickets to see you too. And she, <laughs> and she won. And your parents got front row tickets to see you too for that show. And I believe if that your dad carried Bono on his shoulders and your mother might've slapped Bono's ass. You know what? I, I think I've heard uh, some fragments of this story. Yeah. I, I think I can confirm that my dad carried Bono or at least he says he did. I don't right. know. We, there were no, there were no smartphones back then. We don't know for sure. That's a better point that he says that he did. There's no, you're right. There's no, there's, there's no confirmation. I didn't see it. I could see the, sh- I could see the show, but I couldn't see your dad at the show. So uh, maybe that happened. Who like their tickets must have been truly terrible if they won that contest. They were, yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, I went to that concert with with a cousin of mine. Now I'm not going to mention who the cousin was, okay? Because he showed up to the show armed. Oh, did he now? Not he had a butterfly knife in his boot because we we're. <laughs> I, I guess he figured we we're going downtown Toronto, and he wanted to be able to protect himself, and so he did have a knife. An illegal knife, a butterfly knife, is an illegal knife in in Canada. Tucked in his boot in case there was trouble. There wasn't. I don't. It was. It was a. <laughs> U, it was a U two crowd. It wasn't like we were seeing, you know, another more dangerous band. So I don't know. I didn't understand exactly why he had the knife, but you know, he had a knife on him. But I'm not going to say who it was. I'll, I'll, <laughs> just, I'll just. I'll just leave that there. You never know. You never know. Those those U two fans, they can get pretty uh, rowdy. You know, trying to get you to sign up for Amnesty International, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when uh, when 
when Sunday Bloody Sunday comes on, all bets are off. You never all know. All bets are off. You, you never know what the hell's about to what about to go down, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose not. Yeah. Uh, now, they almost, the Pixies, actually broke up because of you 2 During that tour, this was their big break. This was the biggest audience that they were going to play to. Because the Pixies, I'd never heard of the Pixies. They were an underground sort of group. I got into them a little bit later. I think it's Kim Deal is the bass player of the, of the Pixies. So she was dating a writer for Spin Magazine. And Spin Magazine, the writer who she was dating, wrote a really nasty article about you two, how, how, what jerks they were, and how they were they weren't treating the Pixies well, and they almost got kicked off the tour. And Black Francis was was livid because this was their big break, and she and he felt that you know she was uh, sort of screwing with them. Yeah. So the the Pixies unfortunately broke up soon after uh, they opened up for you two. Oh my God, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that that's that's crazy sabotage, self sabotage, really. Yeah, I can't wow. remember. If, I can't remember if it's Kim Deal or Kelly Deal. They're twin sisters, uh, and they were in a band called the Breeders. I don't know if you've heard of the Breeders. That sounds familiar. Yeah, so they were in a band, the Breeders, but I can't remember who, which one of them was in the Pixies. One of them was. It was either Kelly or Kim Deal. I can't remember which which Deal's sister it was. Another good band. The Breeders are a really good band. I'll get you to listen to some Breeders later on. Okay. Okay. I was just about to ask, you know, I, I, I've got to make sure now if I, if I should do some, my own self-discovery nope. or just wait for you. Okay. No, okay. wait, wait, wait for me. Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm so, gl- I'm so glad you, you like this song. This is my favorite Pixie song. I truly loved it. I'm going to be searching their catalog for more songs that sound like yeah. this or more songs that I re- also really enjoy. But yeah, this, this was great. This was really, really great. All right. Uh, Darren, what did you think of the Pixie song? Yeah, I liked it. All right. Two songs that Darren liked this week. I think that's quite rare. Usually that doesn't happen. Not bad. Not bad. You love to see it. So going into our next segment. This week in music history. Okay. This week in music history. In 1973, the number one song at this date was Midnight Train to Georgia by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Darren, hit it. The dreams don't always come true. Now, I'm not a big fan of that song, but Gladys Knight can sing. She's got she some pipes. Sure She's got some pipes on her. And the number one song in the year 2000 this week is "Come On, Come Over, Baby, All I Want Is You" by Christina Aguilera. Still number one. Wow, staying power, staying power. And what we're going to listen to instead is the number 17 song, 17 ranked song on the charts that week, which is "Country Grammar." Holy shit, by Nelly. I think I win that week. I think you do. That's a, that's a pretty fun song. I do like that uh, that Nelly song. That's uh, an incredible song. That's a a real classic right there. I <laughs> so good. Now I had a question for you. I was sure. I was I was thinking about this song when we were last week when we were talking about southern rap or southern hip hop. Nelly's from St. Louis, which is a really weird spot where it's not that far from Chicago and it's not that far from Nashville and Atlanta. Is there a Missouri St. Louis? hip-hop scene that you're aware of there is but nothing that's really popular or prevalent i can think of a handful of guys off the top of my head but they don't really fit into a niche or anything like that or any specific sound is it because st louis is sort of in the middle of the country that 
they're influenced by kind of everything? I think so. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think St. Louis just really isn't that relevant of a city, to be honest with you. Sorry to yeah. anyone from St. Louis who might be listening. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's equal distances be from Chicago to like Nashville and then Atlanta is probably just a little bit further away. So yeah, I, I was just wondering if, if you knew about any specific influences. Can't uh, say I do. Can't say I do. Okay, cool. All right. Tell me about uh, what you got going on for the rest of your week. Well, I've got some school, naturally, as you do. And this weekend, I it's one of my dear friend's uh, 21st birthday. So he's having a little uh, like Vegas, Las Vegas themed uh, function at his house. So we're all going to dress up like we're going to the casino and uh, head there for some fun. So that's this nice. weekend. I'm excited for that. Nice. Uh, I'm going to a Diwali party at Darren's place on Friday night. So I'm excited about that. Oh, that sounds ex- extremely fun. Have yeah. Fun, have lots so, of fun, both of you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've, I don't think uh, we were talking about it earlier. I don't think I've ever been to a Diwali party. So uh, I'm excited to see what, what, what it's going to be like. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, let me know how that goes next time we speak. Uh, okay. What song do you have for me next week? Have you thought of a song? I, I have. Yeah. So uh, for next week, uh, why don't we talk about cellophane by FKA Twigs? Cool. Got it. Perfect. And you're going to listen to Joy Division, Love Will Tear Us Apart. Ah, wonderful. Wonderful. Been looking to get into Joy Division. Yes. So here's here we're going to do a little bit of Joy Division. Awesome. All right. And our independent artist this week is Matt Whitecross. And we're going to listen to a song called The Color of Water, which is off the album The Internal Paradigm. Uh, the Internal Paradigm is a study of illusion of expectation, the acceptance of our imperfection. It was a passion project that started with a journey. These songs were penned at the legendary hotel, Chelsea Hotel in New York City, and in the back of a taxi in St. Paulo, in a cold flat in East London, in Barcelona, Dubai, Paris, and Melbourne, and on planes in between. It was recorded in a 250-year-old church in rural England before finally arriving in its rightful destination during the lockdowns. And so the song we're going to listen to is The Color of Water. Thank you, Nick. We'll talk to you next week. And Darren, just hit play.
listening to just hit play to contact your hosts peter and nick or to be featured on an episode as musical talent email just hit play 7300 at gmail.com keep up to date with news and announcements by following on instagram and facebook linked in the show notes subscribe on your favorite podcatcher to tune in next week for more sonic delights a special thanks to Braden munch for the theme song and thank you for listening